We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. Oh, I love that. I love I love Tom getting yelled at like that. 860-522-9842. Let's talk to uh, William and Granby. Hello, Bill. What's on your mind? Hey, Todd. It's good to hear your voice. How are you? Why, thank you. Uh, Have you not heard my voice in a while? I haven't heard it in a while. I haven't been able to call in. I've talked to your colleague, but not uh, not you. Okay. So... I wanted. I just. Uh, I wanted to talk about Biden and his 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 role as a dog face, a lying dog face pony soldier in this whole thing. Plus, how you know in one person's lifetime? I'm 59 years old. I can't. I can't believe that you know Klaus Schwab and Kissinger and the World Economic Forum and the Squad and Biden. The, the hypocrisy of everything that's going on, the, the bald-faced hypocrisy and lack of accountability by the, by the mainstream media, that there are no grown-up journalists anymore, it's just mind-boggling that we're, we are where we are, that, that these stories get buried until a convenient time when we can then start talking about them, maybe uh, if it suits the Democrats' desires to throw Biden overboard and, and not run him as a candidate anyway. Well, it's it's there's so much going on that it's hard to know exactly what you're alluding to and, and your expectations are of the power structure and whether you think anything different is going on now or it's the same thing that always goes on. Um, I think I think the, the hypocrisy these days is just just kills me. Like when I grew up and the McLaughlin group was on TV, I can remember Eleanor Craw and McLaughlin and the rest of the team, Pat, Pat Buchanan, a bipartisan group of adults went around the room when Biden lied about his credentials and his scholarships and where he landed in his class, and he was running for president. And they all agreed, they did, regardless of party, that he was done. You know, and, and, and all of a sudden, this guy reincarnates himself all these years later when credibility doesn't matter. And even though he's a lying dog-faced pony soldier his entire life, as corrupt as he could be, and a complete idiot, um, somehow he gets himself elected to president. It's just mind-boggling. Well, that's the nature of elections, especially when you have a binary system, and the you know there's all those complications in there that, that the last election had. That's what elections are for, to create a, a sort of randomness and unknown 
quality to who's going to hold power. So it's not just automatically going to the brain damaged son of the of the former leader. But but we we don't know if anything is different right now other than that we have we get to see it more because there's no media to filter out the stuff we're not supposed to know. So what if the media before was just the bottleneck that decided what was a story and what wasn't? Like FDR was in a wheelchair. That wasn't a story, so nobody knew, and they didn't take pictures of him. But now you can't do that. Now everything is on the table. Well, yes, I totally agree that the media was the bottleneck, and there were three networks, and they controlled the narrative, right? And it was a much, e- much easier for them to do that back in the day. But, but I will also say that there was at least a semblance of intellectual integrity and maybe that was all a cover story no like look at how ned lamont walks around like he's actually a governor and we can see now we now have enough information so that it's clear that the guy has zero interest in doing anything that has to do with governance what he likes to do is to fool people and he's obviously been doing that his whole life he's never had a downside because he was born filthy rich so he's in power tricking the people into thinking that he actually has an interest in what happens in government now you could look at it and say that's ned and he's this unique creature because he's just a guy who could spend i think he spent 60 or 70 million dollars so far running for office and and he could do that out of his own pocket his money because he was born with it. But maybe that's how it works across the board. Maybe that's the whole game, is that these guys don't actually run anything. There is nothing in the state that is managed by Ned Lamont. And maybe the whole government is just a a facade. That's true, and I think that's always been true. Um, And I think it's easy enough to prove that it's been true. You know, the, the moneyed interests and the people that pull the strings behind the scenes, the unseen hand, they've always run the puppet show. Well, but- I'm not even suggesting that, Bill. I'm suggesting that the government doesn't do anything except con us into approving the transfer of more wealth out of the private sector and into the plundering class. Yes, and it just and and the scope of the plundering only goes trends in one direction and it gets Well of course. It, Right. And that's the confession. That's how we know it. The government is totally fraudulent because they never trim a program. They never say, let's hold spending flat this year. They are out there raising taxes, raising the pay while they're arguing about how bad things are and or when they're saying how good things are. Their behavior is always the same. Yes, that's always been true. I think what what seems to be different is that back in the day, there used to be at least, there used to be a threshold. There used to be a, and it wasn't a high threshold, but there used to be a threshold of integrity where a guy like Biden couldn't run for office because he lied so much and the public saw it that he got 86. Except and, Biden only, Biden got elected when he was 29 years old or 30 years old to the Senate. And he's, he's been in power ever since. So, so while he did have to step out of the presidential race because he had plagiarized uh, not just a speech but a whole identity, uh, he 
he got to continue, just like Kamala Harris got totally humiliated and run out of the presidential race, and she's the vice president. And now people think the power structure is trying to sabotage Biden, so maybe she can become president. But like, who knows if what's what's going on with any of this? Yeah, you're right. The puppet show, the puppet masters are at work again. I don't think they want either one of them, so they're throwing Joe under the bus. And they've told, they've clearly told the mainstream media that he's fair game and it's okay to humiliate him and go after him because all of a sudden the entire press corps is Peter Two clones of Peter Ducey asking all the tough questions. It, that's if there is a, a puppet show going on rather than Rab- just the scramble of the theft of all this money. Bill, nice to hear from you. Thank you for calling. Take care. Good conversation. 860-522-9842. We're going to Middletown next. Fred, hello there. Yeah, hi. I just wanted to drop a real quick point. Uh, dancing with a mop. The idea of uh, a hypnotist, by the by, that was common entertainment. And the hypnotist can't hypnotize everyone in a room, but there's five or ten people who he can get up on stage and get them to dance with a mop. And then, you know, he snapped his fingers and they realized they're dancing with a mop as if it was a beautiful member of whatever sex they're attracted to. And, of course, that's funny. But so now I suggest the election of Joe Biden is that, like America danced with a mop. I mean, the guy is clearly, I don't call him Sleepy Joe, I call him Bathrobe Joe. And I think to cut to the chase, his presidency represents elder abuse. And whoever put him there is just laughing. He is such a cruel joke on the American people and actually on himself. You know, it's it's totally cruel. But we could go back through history, I think, and look at a lot of people and say that maybe the same thing was going on. Maybe Biden's better than the other ones. So, So he's old and maybe a little feeble physically, but maybe he's intellectually sharp and on top of things. <laughs> well, that's preposterous that he's intellectually sharp. Real quick, I, I would say we don't know how long things have been this bad, but it sure as hell is coming to the fore like a champ these days. Well, but yeah, it's, it's been some kind of a you know behind-the-scenes play for quite a while. The other phrase I'd like to drop and close with this is uh, late stage republic, right? Or late yeah. stage empire. Yeah. And that's what we are. So this is all about deterioration and decay and a thing finally falling down, you know? So, yeah, don't try to make any more sense of it than that. Okay. I'm with you. Thank you, Fred. <laughs> Thank you. Nice to hear from you. 860 I mean, seriously, why do we think? that Joe Biden is different or Ned Lamont is different? What what if these guys are all doing the same thing? That the movement of... So I'm less inclined to believe that there are, are people who control everything because it's hard to control a two-person business. Forget about what millions of... Tens of millions of people are doing. It's a really hard thing to control that. And certainly in our society, you know... There hasn't been any center of control. It's all been dispersed control. So all what I I don't even know how to imagine this. All the corporations get together and control everything. How? How does that work? What causes them to not break apart into bickering and fighting? I I really I I don't get that. The the guy, Mike, you know, the guy, Mike, I, I played him before he he yelled at tom earlier you remember him listen again hey i'm always amazed by the sycophantic gullibility of the stupid people that call your show 
that that was my calling a uh, Tom show earlier a couple of hours ago, and and he said this because it, it blows my mind how he's just more than happy to believe that Trump was innocent because he couldn't get the Senate, who is the majority, uh, uh, he could not get enough people in the Senate to convict him. That must mean he's innocent, right? I mean, it couldn't well, possibly. Well, Mike, be. I have a question for you. What is Trump guilty of? More than happy. Sorry, that wasn't that wasn't the cut I wanted to play. We'll do it. Now I have to take a break. So we'll take a quick break, and I'll play you the cut I want you to hear that Mike had to say, because it kind of ties in to what we're talking about and this idea of who's in charge and how are they in charge and how do we know. We've all got these theories, and some people are adamant that their theories are absolutely true without any facts, really, but more narrative. You know, there's this guy and that guy and this guy and that guy and they're in cahoots and and Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and, and George Soros. And, you know, we assemble these things, but we don't actually know what's going on with these people. We'll talk about it in just a minute. 860 Rant line number 860-751-4698. Stay with us on WTIC. It's the Todd Feinberg Show. Live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Oh, yeah. So I found this uh, cut I wanted you to listen to the mic called in to Tom a couple of hours ago. This is this is just great, but it it plays into what we've been talking about because it's uh, you know, it's about who's. Who's actually wagging the dog? We've got, we got four massive food corporations that are going out of their way to shaft the American public. And rather than address that in any way, shape, or form, rather than address the obscene corporate profits that they're taking in, you'd rather look at Biden as though he's responsible for the global inflationary system that we're in. But we're not, we're not going to look at the fact that we're, we have predatory people within those corporations that are screwing everybody if they can. Where is the evidence that anybody is being screwed by any of those corporations? Like, I'm, I'm sure in some ways somebody must be. But if you look at the power people in the world, the, the centers of power in the world, for example, you're, a, um, you're, you're just an average Joe trying to go to work every day and make ends meet with your paycheck in the state of Connecticut, and you've got the government that runs up billions of dollars of debt every year in order to transfer money to their voters, right? And you're paying for that. That's like 20 to 30% of the budget each year is debt service on the money they've robbed to rig elections, the Democrats. And that's real. That's the burden you're feeling. That's the struggle to make ends meet in the state. Everything is being robbed so they can give money to their friends. There is no benefit we derive from the state. The state just takes and makes new laws and constricts our liberties and makes us less free all the time. Compare that to these evil corporations that Mike is talking about. We've got got four massive food corporations that are going out of their way to shaft the American public. How? They can't take money from us. All they can do is offer product, and we get to decide whether we want to buy it or not. He mentioned Kraft Foods. What do they? They make uh, like a moldy 
Parmesan cheese that you wouldn't want to eat? Like, what do we have to buy from them? And, and by the way, they create jobs. What's wrong? If you, if you compare the government, which robs us blind and rides us into the ground, and a corporation that makes food and sells food, and we buy. Some of us do. I, I can't think of anything I buy from Kraft, but they are big. And there may be something there I don't know about. And maybe if I'm at a restaurant and I get a mac and cheese, maybe there's some craft product in there. But at least people have jobs. They drive the economy. These conspiracy, the only thing I can see that is destroying this country is government. That's the only thing I can see. And it, it might be just because I'm, you know, that focused on it. You have any corporations you're mad at? Any big corporations? Of course corporations are involved with government. Of course corporations are trying to find ways to control the regulatory scheme because there is one. And because the slimy bastards who hold political office sell off the influence that the the power of ours that's on loan to them they sell they sell it off so that's a problem with the government isn't it hi who's this you're on wtic hello hello you're on the air oh wow i didn't even get a call screener no nope. um well i'm kind of doubling up i'm screening the call right now hi who's this okay okay all right this is matt from uh, stanford hello matt now you're on the air okay all right. Um, I just wanted to comment on the, the guy, Mike. He just he he got part of the picture, but not the whole picture. The problem, well, some of the problem, is that the government and the large corporations are all intertwined, and they haven't been enforcing any antitrust rules really since the '90s, regardless of who's been president. So you you. Because they, there's no enforcement because everybody's in the pocket of the corporation. Exactly. So the people we elect to represent our interests instead sell our interests and sell their influence off to special interest groups. Is that, Are we supposed to be mad at the people making the purchase of the, of the privilege of the rent-seeking? Or are we supposed to be mad at the people we've hired to run our business who are betraying us? It's kind of a mix of both. Well, I, I figure the problem is we're supposed to have small government. And our system was designed with the full knowledge that if you had big government, this is how it would end up. Yeah. You, I mean, all these industries, you have two and three companies that control 90, 90 97 percent of products. So there's no incentive to lower prices. Because you've, but we you've have, but we we have great prices in this country. Like, where is the yeah, argument that we're we're paying some exorbitant amounts? We have because there's largely a lot of free trade going on. We're able to buy things really cheap. I, I think food and everything gets cheaper every generation. I mean, presently now you've had a big spike. Presently. Well, because the government's been squandering money that doesn't exist and, and, and causing inflation by 
by borrowing tons of money and, and devaluing our dollar. But that's the government doing that. It's not entirely. A lot of it is the antitrust that had, they have also not been enforcing. Well, it, you know, if you think they should be doing antitrust, they're not. And they do have the laws. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, that, that uh, corporations are out for corporations, but mostly what's be- best for them is low costs and uh, being able to make a profit. And, and if they can do that, they hire people, drive economic activity. Everybody's happy, I think. Not really when they have a monopoly. When they have, have a monopoly, it's just about making money, and they don't need low cost because they can charge whatever they like. Well, that theory is betrayed by the fact that our lives are so affordable. And as time goes on, it seems to me the cost of food, I mean, we are in an awful period right now, but spending trillions of dollars that doesn't exist has to have some impact because that's where inflation, everybody says that's where it creates inflation. Government's going out and selling money so they can give it to us that devalues the dollar they create new dollars and that means each dollar is worth a little less it's a pretty simple paradigm oh late for news we'll talk more coming up on wtic we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Why wait? Come on. Oh, come on. Why wait? You can rant right now at 860-751-4698 on the Todd Feinberg Show. WTIC, good afternoon to you. So there's a lot of talk and a lot of news about immigration these days. And we wanted to talk about immigration and consider better ways perhaps different ways certainly that we might as a country deal with the fact that people want to be here that the border is a hot spot because people are trying to get into the country to have the benefits of what's going on here and we are privileged today to have somebody to talk to us about it who's got a long small government resume he is an activist in 
the small government movement in objectivism, the Ayn Rand philosophy, and, and libertarianism. He is Harry Vinswanger, and Harry Vinswanger joins us to talk to us about these issues because he's been doing it for such a long time. Harry, thanks for being here on WTIC. Well, thanks for inviting me. I'm glad to talk on this subject, which is near and dear to my heart. Why is it near and dear to your heart? Is it something you've been working on for a long time? Yes, it's something I started advocating about uh, 30 years ago. And one reason why it's especially important to me is that Ayn Rand was an immigrant. Another is uh, I just helped bring into the country an Iranian refugee who had to spend years trying to get into this country. And I helped uh, organize and raise money for the effort that just succeeded about a month ago, he was able to enter the country as a research associate. So you mentioned these two examples as it seems evidence for why it's good that people are coming into the country from elsewhere. No, I wouldn't say that. Uh, the It is good, but that's not evidence for the U.S. Why was it important to me? And I was talking about the reasons that made it important to me, but if you ask why is it morally right, the answer is the Declaration of Independence, that all men are created equal and endowed with certain inalienable rights, and foreigners have rights, everybody has rights, not just Americans. So you're saying under the principles laid out in our founding documents that the those rights that you mentioned those extrapolate out to people living elsewhere that we have obligations to them you have no obligations uh, to anyone except to not use physical force to violate their rights mm -hmm. the principle of rights imposes no positive duties on anyone the only thing it requires is that you respect their rights and leave them alone. You see, today, the doctrine of rights has been perverted by the left. The left takes rights to be entitlements, to be given things. Yes. And the, the original concept and correct concept of rights is just the opposite. It's your right to earn things and to trade with those who exercise their rights by trading with you. But it's... You, the right to life does not mean somebody has to keep you alive. The right to property does not mean that somebody has to give you property. It's exactly the opposite. The right to your life means nobody can take your life away from you, which requires physical force. The right to property means that no one can interfere with your use of your property or take it away from you. So uh, the the rights impose no obligations except not to violate the other person's rights to basically leave him alone and tr trade with him or befriend him as you both wish. Okay, so how does that apply to the border? Because I'm thinking, well, we could just put up walls, for example, or fences and hold other people, uh, people on the other side who aren't citizens of the country, we would have no obligation to them, and we wouldn't be using force against them if we had a fence, would we? Well, do you allow them to climb that fence and come over? 
Well, let's say we don't. Let's say we've got a sign there saying nobody allowed to enter. This is our country. Yeah. See, that's the premise of communism. That's the idea. That's pure leftism. I know that your your show uh, has an audience that dislikes the left, as I do. And that is the doctrine of collectivist dictatorship. That's the doctrine that this, some people own the property of other people through the myth that government is the uh, agent of, quote, society. Government is the agent's agents protecting your freedom and your property and your land uh, from invasion by others. So if you have land on the border and you want to put up a fence and say no trespassing <laughs> either yep. by Mexicans or whoever you want, okay. that's your right. But if you want to stop me on my land from letting a Mexican cross over, you're violating my right. What if there's no collective ownership? Okay, I got so that's great because these are the issues we're wrestling with right now. We Mm -hmm. Connecticut Mm -hmm. is one of those states that gets severely uh, plundered by by the political class, and I'm trying to figure out how you would configure a new government so we can get these principles understood by everybody. What was it the founders intended? What were they trying to do, and where did they fail? Well, they had no. They were trying to set up the conditions under which all human interaction would be voluntary by voluntary consent and private uh, all property would be privately owned and that's what we had until about 1880 when the first major um violation of capitalism which is what the voluntary system means mm-hmm. uh happened but we had no immigration laws uh well, they had, you know, the Chinese Exclusion Act in the West. They had that. But virtually no immigration laws until the 1920s. And did you know in the 19th century, there weren't even any passports anywhere in the world. People just went where they wanted to go and where people welcomed them. All right. So if we had a... If we no longer had a government, but were working through a market-driven, some kind of cooperative systems were set up to so that we could do all the things we, we now have done on our behalf by government, but we wouldn't have government as the enemy in our daily lives that we do now. So yeah. we so we would, through some kind of cooperative, like I'm imagining people would live in areas that um, had their own set of rules for the areas where they lived that you... They voluntarily mm-hmm. would uh, decide to abide by if they if they owned property there, and and if that uh, was I a suppose. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to because this is part of the struggle of imagining being gov- government free. We we're, our minds are so brainwashed into the the paradigm that you have to have a government. I'm not sure how it would work if there was. Let's well, say there you was, do. You do have to have a government. I'm not an anarchist. You have okay. to have a government to protect you from those who would use force, initiate force to violate your rights, like criminals. Okay. You need a government against criminals and against foreign invaders. But you don't need a government to give you free medicine, medical care, to give you free education, to give you free anything. That's the thing that was brought in when the welfare state was brought in, in the uh, starting really with the progressive movements that 
shortly after the turn of the century and then mushrooming under Roosevelt and then under uh, Johnson and Nixon. And uh, so now everybody equates the government with the welfare state. But the founding fathers thought that government was the policeman who existed to protect you from criminals. And that's the only function that really that they thought government should have. They they were not completely consistent. Slavery being the worst violation mm-hmm. of it in the South, but uh, even in the North, they favored compulsory taxation and tariffs uh, were permitted and there was a government post office. But that was about it until the after we entered the 20th century. We're talking to Harry Vinswanger. Am I saying your name right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you're an objectivist. You worked with Ayn Rand, is that right? Yes, I was uh, an associate and a friend of hers, particularly in her last few years. Uh, but I got to know her very gradually from 1964. I was formally introduced to mm-hmm. she died in 1982. And... Uh, I was visiting her in the hospital her last month every day. The hospital she was in happened to be near my apartment, which made it convenient, but I was uh, wanted to be with her. All right, so, uh, let's get so back to, yeah. uh, let's get back to the conversation about the border and how you would envision that we would handle our border. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm torn between so many things I want to say. Uh, ask me later about sovereignty, because okay. that's a confusing issue. Oh, my God. Uh, what I'm saying, and uh, here go the jaws dropping, is that it should be the same to enter the country as it is to go from state to state. Texas has a sign, welcome to Texas, at the border of Oklahoma. They should have the same sign, welcome to the United States and Texas, at the Mexican border. Mm-hmm. There should be absolutely no controls. There should be no screening. Now, this is not objectivism. This is me. Objectivism merely advocates open borders in a kind of generalized way without any specific uh, doctrine like I'm putting forward now. But I think this is what's required to um, have objective law and a proper limited government is that the government can't stop anybody from doing anything unless it has probable cause. So people ask me, well, wouldn't you screen them for disease? No, I wouldn't. Many objectivists would, but I wouldn't. Just the way I wouldn't screen the people getting on a bus for disease, the people in Paducah, going into a department store. I mean, if the owner wants to screen them for disease, he can, but let's say leaving a department store and going on the public street. So it is, you have to have a reason to interfere uh, with the freedom of motion, even to give people a health check. The government can't just lay hands on you and say, prove you're not a criminal, prove you're not diseased, prove you're going to be a credit to our collective. There's, there's no such thing. It's, it's individuals interacting with other individuals. 
So your vision of the border is that it would be there would be no border in the sense of a physical barrier. There would be a welcome right. sign, and people would come and go. Right. And would we then does that extrapolate out into not worrying about who's here and not keeping track and not requiring you want to go back to not having well, uh, passports yeah, anymore? Uh, not having passports? Yeah, I do. Um, there's no, you, you shouldn't have to prove anything to anybody unless you're doing something that raises a question. Mm -hmm. If I'm walking down the street holding a machine gun, the police damn well better try to stop me. But if I'm walking down the street and just, you know, on my way to Starbucks, uh, why should they stop me and, and ask for my papers and whether I'm from this country or some other country, I'm, I'm not a threat. I haven't given any grounds for a threat. Now, maybe this would be the time to talk about sovereignty. Sure, go ahead. I'm all, in favor, I'm all in favor of sovereignty. I think it, we're losing our sovereignty, only it's not through immigration. It's not because we don't have a border wall or something. We shouldn't have a border wall. Sovereignty means that the law in this area that the country is sovereign over is American law, not Mexican law or Sharia law or French law. That it means that the police are American police on American territory and they don't let any other um, military or, or police force in except under special circumstances with permission. So it's, it's about whose law governs the territory. And I think it's very important that we have American law govern American territory and not Sharia law, which is uh, happening in Europe. You know, they're letting areas of the cities be governed by a Sharia law. That's giving up sovereignty of the countries in Europe that are doing that. So I'm in favor of sovereignty, but sovereignty has nothing to do with stopping someone peacefully entering the border. Now, another thing you might be worried about, I would be worried about if I hadn't thought it through, is what are about the drug kings and the drug gangs and so forth? Well, we can end them tomorrow. You don't have to set a wall up and vet everybody, make sure they are not a drug smuggler or drug dealer or drug kingpin pin or gang member, you legalize drugs. There's no justification for the government stopping anyone from putting whatever he thinks he should into his own body. So if you legalize drugs, there'd be no profit in it. And the drug cartels would collapse overnight. You know, you don't, you don't have a toothpaste cartel. You don't have a corn on the cob cartel. The cartels arise because there are artificial barriers placed on drugs, and I would never take narcotics. I'd so never the, have. And so never the government would. is driving up the value of that product, and that allows the, the, price, the cartels yeah. to sell it at a premium. That's exactly it. And uh, I understand that doctors get heroin at the, no, cocaine, at the same price as aspirin. The, the cost of producing this stuff is not high. And if it were turned over to free enterprise and business, as the marijuana uh, industry is starting to be, 
it would completely solve this criminal problem of drugs. Our jails would start to be empty, not empty, but over half the people in jail are there on drug-related charges. Mm-hmm. Uh, our neighborhoods would improve. Our foreign relations would improve. So it's other interferences with individual rights that have made a certain suspiciousness reasonable about people entering our country. But the solution is not to stop them from entering, but to remove those bad laws in the first place. I have a question. We're talking to Harry Vinswanger. He is a, an objectivist and a libertarian. He's been doing this talking about I'm not a libertarian. I don't call myself a libertarian. No. Okay. How would you, between the different schools of thought, is there, Mm -hmm. what's the best way to describe it? I'm a capitalist. Okay. I'm a capitalist and an individualist. I believe in absolute laissez-faire capitalism like we almost had in the 19th century in America. Okay, so the, the, this is what, where my question lies, I think, and, and that is that if you have a government that has laws and is in charge of making sure the laws are upheld, what mm-hmm. I observe from government is whatever limitations you put on it, like the founders worked really hard to configure this yeah. Goldberg system of making sure that the the power was divided and all the different branches of power would be wrestling with each other and they'd be too tired from that wrestling match to infringe on our rights but that hasn't worked out so i figure if you've got a government that gets to make laws and then has a police force that gets to run around making sure people don't violate those laws that over time they will pick away at whatever kind of restrictions on the the lawmaking and the law enforcement that you would put in place, and you would end up back where we are today. Well, then how did we get to the American Revolution in the first place? How did we get to a very good state? If, if everything always goes bad, how do you account for it being well, that, so that was the, great to start with because we yeah. had a wonderful moment where some great people got together and had some really good ideas and got it launched. But yes. from the from the launch, it has migrated to where we now have King George again. Yes, I agree. That's well said. Yes, the and you said the word, the magic word, ideas. There were great people who had great ideas. It's philosophy that causes the politics, the political thinking of the intellectuals, which gradually shapes the educational system, which produces most of the, you know, the the majority opinion. Not everybody goes along with it, thankfully. But when the philosophy was better, and it was at a high watermark when John Locke in England wrote the second treatise of government. Thomas Jefferson said, if you're only going to read one author, it should be John Locke. He was the hero of all the uh, intellectuals who created the American Revolution and the American Constitution. Okay, but we so lost if those ideas had not had had held up we would still be living in uh, a capitalist utopia. Yes, but it seems to me a natural thing that when you take a huge pot of gold, and by the way, we've only got a minute left, which is sad. Maybe you'll come back and we can, we can do a, a continuation of this. But if you put a pot of gold someplace, 
and you say the government's in charge of it, and that pot of gold can be literal gold or it can be the power of enforcing laws and making laws or whatever, it strikes me that it's inevitable that they are going to want to see their entity grow because it seems all people want their entities to grow and that they mm -hmm. will seek more influence and more power over time and we end up where we are today. No, it's not inevitable. It's understandable and it happens a lot. But if you have a good philosophy, which is what I'm devoting my life to presenting and, and propagandizing for, then the politicians would be like George Washington, who could have run for a third and a fourth term, but stepped down as, because he wanted to return to Mount Vernon and be a farmer, which he thought was where the real productive activity was. So if you if you have the objectivist philosophy of buying rand, you're not yes. you don't look at government power as a pot of gold. You look at it as a responsibility <laughs> to be kept within very narrow yes. limits. Yeah, very but the, narrow they did. That's not how they looked at it, unfortunately. Harry, it's been wonderful well, that's talking with of you. Other philosophers, bad I, philosophers, produce it, that. It's been great talking with you. I hope we can do it again because we've got a lot of unfinished business. Harry Vinswanger is a uh, an objectivist, an individualist, and uh, I forget what other words I'm supposed to use. But thank you for being here. We've got to move on. We're going to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center. Mark Christopher watching the ride home for us. What do we have going on today, Mark? We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 